Well, hey there, Hill. Hey, Jenny. How are you? I'm good. We have oodles of you two news tonight. I know. We're light on the ish tonight, as you said. <laughs> Very light on the ish. And uh, hello, listeners. Hi. Welcome to Kissing Lips and Breaking Hearts with the Garden Tarts, our U2-ish podcast. <laughs> um, we are recording on August 13th. And if you're listening, it is on or after August 16th. This is episode 29 of season five. Yeah, we're getting there. Oh, we said we were going to do all that you can't leave behind soon. Yeah. I already forgot. But we said by the end of August. Oh, okay. Maybe we should modify that. No, let's still try. Okay. Well, we have Andy next week, right? Yeah. Should we announce that? Yeah. I think, well, I think you just did. I think I did, didn't I? Um, but is that necessarily going to air next week? or? I don't know. I kind of think we should hang on to that until closer to Vegas. Yeah. Well, guess what, y'all? <laughs> We're going to chat with senior writer of Rolling Stone magazine, Andy Green, next weekend about his experience in Burbank, which is like the sphere rehearsal area. So stay tuned for when that comes. It's exclusive content. I mean, unless you read Rolling Stone. He didn't talk about it. No, I thought he did. Not, well, I don't know what he's talked about and what he's told me. He did not go into as much detail in the article about the sphere or Vegas, whatever. Because he talked to Edge. It was an Edge interview. But he did not go into a lot of detail about his experience with the sound in the space. So we'll get that. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be cool. Because it sounds awesome to me. Yeah. Like this technology is amazing. So I have this little start with this little tidbit. It's actually today in Garden Tart history. Yeah. In 2018, we were 80 days away from going to Dublin. 80 days. And what y'all don't know is that Hillary did a graphic countdown. From 100 down, every day there was a graphic saying how many days we went to Dublin. It was super fun. It was impressive, to say the least. I just did it all in, like, one night when I couldn't sleep. I just did 100 little graphics of the day's countdown. But today came up in my um, memories that it was 80 days. I love that. Yeah. Sweet. That was such an exciting time. Yeah. Oh, my God. And then it came and went so fast. So fast. Well, there's been a lot of YouTube news. A lot. A lot. So, chronologically... Um, the first news item of the week is that Bono, Edge, and Adam were in Bray in Ireland for Sinead O'Connor's funeral, yes. which was, I don't know, to me it was just very, you know, heartfelt and yeah, nice tribute for them. And they so, obviously came home for it. Yeah, they, they clearly they weren't we, in town. No, they weren't in town. And it was on Edge's birthday. Yeah. What a way to spend your birthday. Yeah. And of Sinead's, like, she lived in Bray. Yes. Right. She was yeah. buried in Bray. 
Yeah. Yes. And for those of you somewhat familiar with the area, that is a little bit south of Kalini. Yeah. It's like the end of the dart line. We've been there. We've been there. Yeah. It's a gorgeous beach. So the next bit of news is that Bono and Edge were at the Sarajevo Film Festival for the premiere of the documentary Kiss the Future, produced by Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, about U2's, you know, history with Sarajevo. You know, starting off in, I guess, Europa, when they would have, like, a live feed from what was going on in Sarajevo. Yeah. Sarajevo to um, their 1997, their Potmark concert in Sarajevo. So they had like, I guess, like a at film festivals, they have, I guess, um, like question and answer. The premiere and Bono sang redemption song. (laughs) It really, really seemed like no one asked him to sing. (laughs) Just put the microphone and didn't know what to do. It, I'm sure it fit the context, and Edge sang along too. Yeah, but was, yeah, it was Edge was charming. Bono seemed like <laughs> I, I rolled my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> there he goes again. Yeah. Look at me. Um, <laughs> we have no context clues. We have no idea. No idea at all. It just looked like nobody asked him to sing. No. <laughs> So this is an interesting thing that I thought of. Um, I haven't seen, there haven't been any, like, celebrities at premieres or film festivals because of the Screen Actors Guild strike. Right. So I did some research, and that's part of the, that's part of the restrictions during the Screen Actors Guild is that you can't promote any films. Right. Ooh. Yeah. And then I looked it up and I don't, I can't speak for Edge. I don't know. I only looked up Bono, but he sure as shit is a member of the Screen Actors Guild. And Eve was there too. Yeah. I mean, she maybe he didn't anything say. specifically. Jordan did. Jordan posted that she was there. I don't think Eve did. She did. Oh, she did. Okay. Yeah. Um, it wasn't about the film necessarily, but she was there. Yeah. No, no, she was just there. I mean, I don't think there's anything against you. You can go to movies. You can. Right. Right. You can't promote. Right. It's like red carpets, press, like. This. Do it. Very interesting. Yeah, and I mean, it's not you know. It's the Screen Actors Guild of America. But if you're in the Screen Actors Guild, it doesn't matter where you are. You It says you cannot promote films. That's really interesting. So then I wonder. Yeah. But I mean, Bono, it, 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 I started thinking about it because I'm like, well, maybe he's not. Maybe he's eligible, but he's not a member of the Screen Actors Guild. Yeah. But big movies like Sing Chu, they like can't hire people that aren't in the Screen Actors Guild. 
Right. Right. So I looked it up and he actually is. So I don't know about that, but that's a, so I guess maybe they're scabs. (laughs) Which is like, that's not very punk rock. No. And I mean, maybe there was a, maybe they had an exception because I don't know. It's a good call. I don't know. (laughs) But I think that's another stuff we watch only would show Bono and Edge, but we should, I wonder if Matt or Ben were there. They were not there. They were not there. I mean, Matt Damon, the London premiere of Oppenheimer was the day of the strikes. And they left as soon as they called the strike. Yep. Yeah. Like they moved the red carpet up. Yeah, because of the timing. And there's an exemption, I think, for Broadway, and there's an exemption for news, like day daytime news, but not. And like when I listen to NPR, like they say they're members, but they're of a different. They're under the umbrella, but their section is different than the striking section. Yeah, I think that if you if you only do the news then you're fine but like newsworthy news related yeah broadcast you're fine but you know all the late night shows are off the air right me because i'm like obsessed with colbert and he's been off the air since may and with all this trump stuff going on it's like I know he's sitting at home screaming at the TV, like. Right. But I don't know if if they are off the air because they have to be or if they're just. Like in solidarity. Solidarity. I couldn't think of the word. If if they're yeah. in solidarity with their. Right. Because they're all writers. I mean, they're all. Yeah. And I think they are members, but all their staff. Yeah. Yeah. But I think there's an exemption if the majority of your show is news, which Colbert is. Yeah. But, I mean, I think that it's because of, you know, in solidarity with the other writers. that. Yeah. Because I know that um, Jimmy Fallon and Jimmy Kimmel and Stephen Colbert all kind of united and decided to stop. Right. Which, when you think about their careers, they just went through all this COVID crap. And now they're right back. Anyway, um, okay, so there was something we were when we were talking. I thought about something else, and I didn't write it down. Now I don't remember it. Oh, I have a question for Bono over whiskey and cake. Oh, what's that? My my question over whiskey and cake to Bono is I never thought about this question and I don't know what made me think of it. I thought about it last night for some reason, but how would he think his mother would have reacted to his career? You know, like he's I don't I've never heard anyone ask him that question before or him right think about that. But that's just something I wonder. You know, his father seemed semi-supportive but also you know like you know his job don't be an was, asshole <laughs> yeah don't be an asshole and you know like his job is being a clown or something 
Right. Which, I mean, I can see that of, you know, another generation. Oh, no. What made me think about it was watching all these Instagram videos of people with Taylor Swift's parents. Oh, right. Because apparently they go to every show. Yeah. And people will take pictures with them, and they're really kind. People give them bracelets. It's really sweet. And um, that's what made me think about it. Like, how would how would Bonner's mom have reacted to his career? Yeah. I don't know. Like, which would, would she be at the shows, like Allie goes to Eli shows? Right. And I kind of, I mean, just from, you know, reading surrender and hearing you know a million interviews over the years i kind of think she would yeah i don't know and i would like to ask bonnie that question i think that's a good one it's the first one i've had in like a really long time it's a really good one especially i like it in context of like mr and mrs swift yeah yeah because Um, she is the biggest thing in the world yeah And I mean, but it seems to me that, you know, they always thought of her as being the biggest thing in the world. Right. It's just everyone else has, you know, over time. Is caught up. up. Yeah. So I don't know, but I, um, I'd like to ask that. So if you are or know Bono. So I told our, we have a messenger group, our group of, fan friends who we've known for 30 years most of them and we were talking about dreams youtube dreams the other day and you know like we all we always talk about how our dreams involving bono are so frustrating so frustrating you know dreams imitating life because he's pretty frustrating (laughs) But I had a dream, I think I've talked about it before, but I'm just going to quickly say it again. Please. It's really been in my head lately. I had a dream the night before I left to go to drive with Anne Guest, Lauren, to D.C. for the I&E shows. I'm sorry, the E&I shows. Okay. And I had this really vivid dream that somehow I was in the arena and it was just crew in there. I, I don't know how I got in there, why, but it was just me. And then Bono was standing like by himself. And he saw me and like waved me over, gave me a hug. And I'm like, dude, you know me, you know I'm safe. Can we just hang out? Like, come on, this st- this is, stop playing games and just hang out with me. <laughs> and he started to walk. He smiled and started to walk away and said, yes. And I'm like, how? And he was like, ask Doug. <laughs> Walked away and I'm screaming in an arena. Who's Doug? Who's Doug? So I told the story to Lauren on our drive to D.C. in real life. And she laughed and we kind of joked, you know, for the next two days for the next day because I think we left the morning of the show because we had seats and we just kind of joked around like who's Doug who's Doug and we get to our rail spot for the second show 
and we made friends with the people behind us. And this guy asked our names and then told us his name was Doug. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God. You know I gotta ask you, do you know how I can hang out with Bono? <laughs> He was like, no. I'm like, I had to ask. You can't blame me for asking. <laughs> I have a picture with Doug, too. I have to ask. Yeah. I'm like, I have to ask. It would be a huge mm-hmm. justice to myself, to my mental clarity, not to ask. The right. There's Doug. Oh, my God. That is hilarious. I love that story every time. It was so weird, though. Like, we, I mean, we literally looked at each other and screamed, like, ah. <laughs> And he was probably like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. And I told him, I think I asked him first. <laughs> I have to ask, do you know how I can hang out with Fauna? And then I told him about my dream. Oh, yeah, I would assume so, yeah. That was just, I don't know, I've been thinking about that. It was such a vivid dream, too. Like, there wasn't any, like, I mean, I don't always remember my dreams. Right. But this was so vivid, and I remembered it, and I still remember it. You know, like, I remember seeing Bonner standing in the arena by himself. That is so crazy. Oh. I love it so much. He needs to get out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, if you could see my face. Good luck with that. I know. Much good luck. It doesn't work. Nope. I've tried. Have you? A little bit. (laughs) Okay. I tried it for a couple months in 2001. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then I gave up on trying. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Okay. Is it stay time? It is stay time. Okay. So in other news, well, so was... A few weeks ago, maybe, they re-released the Lemon single. Yeah. The remastered, remastered remixes. I don't know that we can call it a single. And then just the other day, on August 11th, 2023, they issued a newly remastered version of Stay Far Away So Close. And um, I was looking at the difference between... The new version, which is all digital, it's just on streaming services, and the old version, the old version was released on, let me look, our friends at U2 Songs are so good at documenting this, November 22nd, 1993. It's the only official single from Zeropa, appropriately, I believe. The only traditional single. Right. I think everything else was kind of like clubby remix. Yeah. Stuff. So... The artwork for the remastered one is the UK artwork with the angel, the zoo baby angel on it with the red. And I didn't even realize that wasn't on the US single because that's what I had. It was my first U2 tattoo. Mm. Funny enough. And I was looking, I bought, I went, I found both. The one from 93. The other one has the band on it with images from the stay video. But it's funny, this is obvious, this is not the American version either, because it says made in the UK. But I didn't realize it says the swing format, and then this one says the live format. 
Interesting. Interesting. So the swing format was stay, I've got you under my skin, and two lemon mixes. The live format is two CDs. Stay, I've got you under my skin, both lemon, and then stay again. Slow dancing, bullet live, and love is blindness live. I'm going to have to find the original U.S. version, I guess. The remastered one is Stay, I've Got You Under My Skin, One Lemon, Slow Dancing, and Love is Blindness. So it's kind of a mix of that double disc one. Is is the cardboard one, does it have two spots for CDs, but only one CD in it? Oh, let me look. No, it's, oh. Yeah. Because this one goes in there? Yes. Oh, that's just that is a old old memory because I haven't I get I don't have CDs anymore I donated them all. Interesting. So, huh? The U. This is the U. Okay. And that makes sense why slow dancing is on it twice. I didn't even open it to look. So this one is a like um a. It's a gatefold cardboard fold-out. It's the same art, but a different color. Huh. I I have money. I'm sure I knew that then. It's not something I've thought about in 30 years. I was literally opening it. I was like, no, it's got two. (laughs) It doesn't. That is hilarious. Wait, I'm looking at discography info for the original single it just says track listing it's everything that's on both it's listed here as opposed to different track listings it was the third single but the only traditional that's interesting that they put it that way it was the first from that album to see a traditional release nam was only issued commercially as a video and Lemon was only released commercially on CD and cassette in Australia and Japan. Hmm. Well, it was hmm. it was on vinyl too. Yeah. And then there's more in here about the different cases in the swing format, live format. I just never. It's possible I knew then, and my brain has decided to not retain that information. I don't know why my brain decided to retain it because. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of wasted knowledge. <laughs> no, but now I have it too. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Why would I remember that? Because we remember this weirdest shit. Weirdest shit. And I mean, I got rid of my CDs. I kind of regret some of them, but I got rid of my CDs in like 2011. A long time it ago. Took up so much space. I got rid of my DVDs and most of my books yeah because um, everything's digital and it just took up too much space right i still have all my youtube stuff yeah and I once a year i go through our cds and i get rid of like 20 more yeah i i regret getting rid of my youtube stuff but it was just i donated it to the library so hopefully yeah well they either sold it and made money or 
have it for takeout. Yeah. Takeout. Loan. Takeout. Yeah. Okay, so you have info on the Mark Boland documentary. I do. You two songs announced yesterday. They announced. They posted a, a story. This was not on my radar. There is a 95-minute film coming out celebrating Mark Boland and T-Rex. It's called Angel Head Hipster, the songs of Mark Boland and T-Rex. Um, YouTube does perform in it. They perform the song that was on the T-Rex um, tribute album, Bangagong, Get It On, with Elton John on piano. Um, the film is set to come out. It was shown earlier this year at the Tribeca Film Festival. Theaters on September 22nd. So, six weeks or so. Home entertainment on November 6th. I don't know if you're busy that day. I don't know if I am either. Yeah. We'll have to find out. If you, I'm sure you can Google it, but if you go to YouTube Songs, go to their news page, you can see the, uh, the link and see the um, trailer. YouTube, as far as I saw, was not in the trailer. I skipped through it. If they are, it's very fast and within a 10-second period. <laughs> so I went 10, 10, 10. <laughs> so um, one more thing that I should have put in, I should have talked about when we were talking about Sarajevo. So Bono doesn't look bad at all, but how is he going to be the fly? I'm so curious. Can't see where that's going. I mean, he has said the fly is coming back. Yeah, he has said it. So, oh, I mean, would he have black hair again? Like, what's that? Well, so, if you think about how McFisto aged, I assume the fly is also going to age. Like, 60-something Bono didn't dress like 20-something McFisto when he was 60. Like, right. McFisto was older. Right. Both because of Bono and because McFisto got older. Right. So I'm assuming, I mean, is he going to be less sexy, slinky fly and more dirty, greasy fly? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like a 65-year-old guy who thinks he can, he's still 25. But I just can't see any part of the fly without his hair being black. Right. What if it went gray? I can't see that either. What if it was like salt and like black with peppered? I could get behind that. Not peppered, like salted stripes. Yeah. Like gray stripes. I could get behind that. I think I could get behind that too. I'm really intrigued. Yeah. The only other thing that I could, I mean, I could see the mirror ball man more than the fly just because of the hat. Right. And televangelists. Yeah. Or old men for the most part. Yeah. Like, yeah, I could see that for sure. I wonder if, I guess it depends how much of Zeropa they might put in if any of McFisto comes back too. I hope not. 
Yeah, I'm I'm over Mephisto. I feel like I'm over him. He's such a downer. I was never really it might a depend fan. on the climate. It might depend what's going on. In yeah. The world. I was never a big fan of Mephisto, even originally. Oh yeah. I like him. Just, I don't know. He made me. I mean, like that's a strong word. Yeah, he made me uncomfortable, but I think that's the that was the point. He did right. it what he was supposed to do. Right. Yeah. I guess my question for Bono over whiskey and cake is, does he know what's happening with the fly? I just really want to know. I know. It's got to be. It can't just be Bono. No. he's. I hope he does a wig instead of his hair. I do, too. I was thinking the same exact thing. Just wear a wig. I'm fine with it. Yeah. Or I was listening to Smartless today, and they were talking with Charlize Theron, who, oh, my God, she's so amazing. But... They were talking about, like, um, method acting. And they're on the, you know, got to explain it for Tracy, because people we don't know. Do you have, you, Tracy is Sean's sister. Yeah. You know, who doesn't understand the insider stuff. So all of us are Tracy. <laughs> and, meth, and I know, I've heard the term method acting. I know what it was. But that is, you are in character 24-7. Yeah. I didn't know that. So I hope he doesn't do any method acting. <laughs> Or maybe we would like the method acting with the fly. I, mean, I think he does do that. I mean, I mean, he gets into the character of the song. But I mean, outside of the show. Oh, no. Because like on Zoo TV, he became the fly. Right. In public. Right. Because, you know, you put on the pants and the pants tell you what to do. Right, the leather pants. Which is some line I've got to use in my life. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to happen one day. Someone's yeah. going to say something, and I'm going to say, you put on the pants, and the pants tell you what to do. Yeah. I do have a good pair of pants for that. I do, too, but they haven't fit me in years. I should probably get rid of them. Um, I have a pair of silver jeans. I have some faux leather ones that that are red that I, I bought at BJ's. <laughs> did I get at BJ's? I think I did. Which is probably similar to you buying jeans at Walgreens. <laughs> Chris and I love buying clothes at BJ's. I just For like those that. international listeners, that is a like bulk discount club. <laughs> I used to like going to Costco and buying. I bought all kinds of clothes at Costco. And there's some meme going around. It's like, you know, you're really an adult when you buy your clothes and your milk at the same place. Right. <laughs> it's good stuff. Chris loves, he always gets like Eddie Bauer in American Eagle stuff. Yeah. Do you have any other news or anything? I had one more item and I've forgotten what it was. <sighs> because your iPad erased itself? No, I never got it onto my iPad. Oh, no. But it erased itself anyway. I don't know what the hell that's about. Do you think it was U2-ish? Yeah, it had something to do with U2. Was it that really picture, pretty picture of Edge that Morley posted on his birthday? No, but that was a pretty picture. That was pretty. I don't know. I give up. Okay. I guess that was, that was a good U2 app. Yeah. Thanks, boys, for giving us some content. There's a lot of content this week. Yeah. 
and hopefully there's more coming. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really freaking out right now because I'm dying to know who the fly. What he's gonna look like. Thank you all for listening. Tune in. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should air the episode with Andy next week. I mean, I I don't think it's a bad idea if we don't have anything else. Right. I think it's a good lead up. Like, I think feel like the Vegas shows are close enough. Yeah. That it's not worth saving it for even closer. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think that my my intrigue over the fly that has just quadrupled kind of showed me that. Yeah. I would love to get Andy's thoughts on how he thinks the fly is going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Okay, y'all. Well, good night. Thanks for being here. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. We'll be back next week with more YouTube-ish content. In the meantime, keep chatting with us on social media at the underscore Garden Tarts. Sign up for our newsletter at thegardentarts.com and share with your YouTube friends. You can support us on Patreon, buy me a coffee, and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Kissing Lips and Breaking Hearts, a YouTube podcast with The Garden Tarts, is created, produced, and edited by us, The Garden Tarts. Intro and outro music by December. See you next week.